Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Y'all already know the vibes, man. It's your boy Nels or Renell, whichever one you feel best or comfortable calling me. And this is another edition of Grio Talks. You know, the mission is in the name. We are generating realistic intellectual output together. And I'm so happy to be running this back with y'all. We're continuing with our anthology series. We will be dropping a Grill Talk series soon because there's been a lot that's been going on. Uh, just, you know, politically and, and even historically, just contemporarily, there's been some things going on. And we're, we're definitely going to discuss that within the next week or so. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, there's been a, a pretty high uh, demand for part two um, in our anthology series covering the Haitian Revolution. And we're, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. You know, I got to I always got to start with how I'm feeling, you know, and uh, I, I'm 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 in a in a very interesting place. There's there's a lot of transitioning going on personally and professionally and not in a negative way it's just I know what I need to do to get to a particular place and I'm looking forward to doing what's necessary to get to a better place as of recent shoot this week I was featured in an episode of Vice News and that was really exciting to you know see what they did and also it was interesting to see how you know media releases their their videos and and their their material right their content because you know i i see how they put what i was saying in with the narrative of that particular episode because we spoke for quite some time but you know i i only had about it was an eight minute episode i had about two and a half minutes of content and you know it was it was really cool to see what they did with what I had to say and I'm not disappointed in any way shape or form because you know my whole thing is about accuracy it's about sourcing it's about making sure that the information is correct based off of what we have in our hands the knowledge the information whether it be you know digitally whether it is on paper right in front of our face or even if it's oral you know I'm I'm a big proponent or I'm a big supporter of oral history because that matters as well you know that is the reason one of the main reasons why I decided to call you know my LLC in this podcast Grio Talks because the Grio you know the the class of individuals who kept history alive through poems and stories and music you know that is all oral history you know so I think that especially when you're talking about African and Caribbean and African-American history, there is a massive oral component that we cannot ignore. And, you know, historical gatekeepers will try to say that it's not accurate because there is no proper sourcing. But at the end of the day, history is history. Right. And we got to make sure that we keep the knowledge inside of our community. So, you know, I, I was I was happy to, you know, play a part in that and, you know, definitely get my two cents out there to say, you know, what's been going on. And, you know, this article had to do with, well, this particular episode had to do with DeSantis and his um, decision to get rid of AP African American studies as a course altogether, primarily due to the whole aspect of queer theory, which, you know, 
this is a James Baldwin thing. And I believe that it is a major, you know, a major part of African-American history, you know, and and I think that is something that can be discussed. I think that's something that isn't pushing an agenda. But, you know, that is that's another that's another topic for another day before I get carried away and we forget about the anthology series and just make this a just a regular griot talks. Right. Definitely something we need to say for the IG. Right. But. You know that that's how I'm feeling. I'm I'm all right. You know, one day at a time. Just just happy to be here and, and happy to wake up and see another day and breathe and have everything working. You know, like the the more I get, you know, the the older I get, the more appreciative I am of just having the day. You know, and the more days that I have, the more blessings that you know I pray for, and the longer I hope to live, just so I can make these days count. Right, because not all of us have had the opportunity to be made to be able to make all of our days count but let's get straight into it man we're, we're on part two of the of the haitian revolution anthology right and and I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you i've had fun doing the anthology series i'm really looking forward to what we're gonna do after the haitian revolution but there's so much that we have to cover and you know the, due to the fact that i keep this 30 to 45 minutes just so it's short and is digestible for you guys especially for those of y'all who want to do your own research I'm, I, it's going to be a lot of parts and, you know, it's not going to be repetitive. It's definitely going to follow a timeline and it's also going to follow topics as well. Like, for example, today we're going to talk about the actual beginning to the Haitian Revolution and we're going to mention some names that don't always get mentioned outside of the names that we know, like Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Toussaint Louverture, um, and you've got... Um, Pétion, as well, Alexandre Pétion, as a name that you hear a lot. Henri Christophe is a name that you hear a lot as well. But we're gonna we're gonna definitely split it up into topics as well. We're gonna talk about women of the Haitian Revolution at some point because we have to. We're gonna talk about the split between North Haiti and South Haiti and talk about how that permeates into today's society, you know, Haitian society anyway. And but today, what we're on, we're on to Dutty Bookman. We're also talking about Cecile Fatima, amongst others, and, you know, the events of Bois-Caima, which took place in August of 1791. Some say August 14, some say August 22nd. There's there's about two or three dates that that come from this event. And also, you know, some say the validity of the event. Did it actually occur? Because, again, this is what we're saying about sourcing, right? Oral history versus actually having it written down or chronicled, right? And also what we're going to get into as well is a little bit of religion because there are Haiti goes through a really interesting religious history, right? Coming from traditional African religions and that becoming and evolving into voodoo right and then having catholicism christianity make its way and then seeing that split right and also seeing how these different ideologies look at and analyze the events of wakaima and how they feel it plays a role into modern day Haitian issues is definitely an interesting one that we're going to dive into. So I have a lot to throw at y'all in a very short period of time. So I'm going to do my best to feed it to y'all in a very orderly fashion so that way you all don't get lost, right? And I'm, I'm really excited if you can't tell. 
and then you know I've, I've been to, I've been listening to a couple of the episodes, and I was like, you know what, I could I could work on my tone a little bit, like you know I can I can bring a little bit more personality out. So that's 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 what we're gonna do, man. We're gonna work on it, and you know I've been getting a lot of feedback, and I appreciate those of y'all who've been giving me feedback. And um, you know it's it definitely doesn't go on her. It definitely gets brought back to the table, is discussed, and you know we we just want to do better. We just want to do better every episode. So let's talk about let's talk about Dutty Bookman. Right. So Dutty Bookman is a very interesting character. He is slated to be from Senegambia, which is um, literally present day uh, Senegal and Gambia put together, Senegambia. And he was transported. He was brought over to the Caribbean as a slave. And it is it is um, perceived that he was in Jamaica first. And then from Jamaica, he made his way to Saint-Domingue, which is where Haiti and the Dominican Republic is. And he was, you know, where he he was a Muslim, right? He was he was a follower of Islam and he pretty much went back to his traditional African roots and through that became a, a voodoo priest, right? Which they call Huga, right? <clears throat> so with that said... There is a lot of background already that shows in how these events are going to take place, right? Even in his name, Dutty Bukman, literally the last name is a derivative of his English nickname, which was Bookman, the Bookman, right? And, you know, it just has to do with his Islamic roots and him always being in a book. So his name became Bukman, right? And they said Bukman. Now... I believe that that is that is valid. There is a couple other stories that revolve around Bookman, but they do revolve around him being known as a man of the book, right? Bookman. So that was his name, right? Now the thing about it is, which is really interesting, is they feel though the researchers feel as though he didn't completely revert to straight up african traditional religions it appears that he took a little bit from his travels both in africa as well as in um his islamic background and kind of mixed it together so it's a mixture of that traditional african religion slash voodoo and islam to you know create his own separate path which would make sense because he wasn't the only voodoo priest that was around especially if you remember in part one we talked about the maroon communities which was slaves or you know slaves that escaped or just freed africans in general that were living in the mountains more towards central and northern haiti right in that community there were plenty of priests but he was definitely the one that had the charisma and had the wherewithal to understand the full situation and use his influence to push for freedom in Sendomang, right? So we can't just talk about Dutty Bookman, right? Because Dutty Bookman does pass away at a relatively short period of time afterwards. If, um, I got to go through my notes here. And while I'm going through my notes, you know, I just wanted to mention that there is definitely a wide cast of individuals that are involved in the revolution 
Are we going to try to cover them all? Absolutely. As much as we possibly can, we'll throw the names out there. And again, you know, I love for you guys to do your own research. So if I say the name and I don't give you no background, that means you need to do your own research. And, you know, you can throw it back at me and we could discuss it, you know, because that is the best way that we generate realistic intellectual output together. Come on now, mission is in the name, baby. Wake up. So <laughs> anyway, um Dutty Bookman dies in the fall of 1791 in November. Right? So mind you, the ceremony is in August. It is in August. However, he passes away relatively quickly after the fact, right? So it is it is definitely important that we talk about the other names that are involved, right? We have to talk about Cecile Fatima, right? She was a Haitian voodoo priestess or what they call in Haiti a mumble, right? And she plays a major role in what happens with Bwakaima, right? But Fatima, she has an interesting background because she was the daughter of an enslaved African woman and a white Frenchman, right? Now, that makes for, you know, already an interesting uh, interesting look into the background of a lot of Haitian culture, right? There is a lot of white French blood that is put that is somewhere in most of the lineage in in Haitian society for example me I am on my mother's side I have a great-grandfather who is white as all day right French guy his name is Louis right and and I mean saw a picture of him and I was like okay very interesting right and you know I would have never thought that I would have had it that close in lineage right because that's only what four or five generations back so you know that that's it's very intriguing to see right so anyway she is born in africa right some say she's born in africa some say she's born in saint domingue um we know that her mother was sold right in as slaves right in Sindelming there's actually you know well-sourced material out there to say that she was sold and utilized as a slave in Sindelming so me with my research I would say that she was born in Sindelming right but with that being said she is super involved in the revolt as well as the resistance movement after Wakaima and we're going to talk about the role that she played in it as far as the ritual that was done in Wakaima, right? But let's let's talk about the other people that are involved, right? You have a man by the name of Jean-Francois Papillon, right? Um, that's Papillon spelled P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N. And, you know, he is a major player in the first parts of the Haitian Revolution. You also have Georges Biasu. That's going to be a name that you're going to hear a couple more times. He is also a major part in the first part 
of the Haitian Revolution. And again, you have to remember, this is something that happens from 1791 to 1804. And realistically, when we talk about it in popular culture, what we really talk about in the Haitian Revolution is from about 1801 to 1804, when it is clear cut that, you know, Toussaint Louverture is the guy. Right. He is the the main guy who's going to be in charge of Saint-Domingue at that time. And this is where the revolution really picks up. But we're going to talk about that way, 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 way later down. Right. So you have Georges Biasu. You also have Jeannot Boulet. Right. Um, Jeannot Bullet. That's literally how it's spelled. And, you know, these are major players in the beginning part, which was more wrapped around guerrilla warfare and massacres. And there were some gruesome, gruesome scenes that played a part in the artistry that is the Haitian Revolution, right? And these individuals played a very important role in that. But let's talk about Bwakaima because that's really what we're here for. So Bwakaima is a swampy wooded area in Haiti. And, you know... If, if you guys don't know about swamps, you know, even though I'm pretty sure the majority of my listeners live in Florida, but, you know, swamps are contained with a lot of dangerous wildlife. You have you snakes, you have crocodiles, alligators, so on and so forth. <clears throat> but Wakaima is a strategically picked place because they knew the individuals involved were aware and knew that where they were they were going to be in a place where they weren't going to be bothered by french soldiers or plantation owners or any of that right and they needed to be in a place where they could plan in advance the strategies that was going to lead to the start of this revolt right and this was a place where bukman and fatima decide to do a ceremony right and this this ceremony is embedded in religion right because you see elements of christianity you see elements of islam or what you would call like you know abrahamic religions because if you if you really think about it christianity islam and judaism they have the same tenets um they just disagree on one particular major factor which really is you know jesus christ or muhammad or the lack of both right however you see those elements there you also see the elements of african traditional religion or voodoo whichever one you want to call it and this is where they say that the haitian revolution legitimately starts is in this area and to this day they still do ceremonies over there in honor of the start of the Haitian Revolution, right? So let's talk about the ceremony itself, right? So an animal was sacrificed, which was a black pig, right? A black pig was sacrificed. And, you know, when you are talking about anything in relative and relativity to relation, not relationships to religion, I'm sorry, you know that they're going to discuss the colors and you know the black pig and all this other stuff and you know it, it's it's interesting to to hear you know people's opinions and backgrounds on certain situations but let's talk about how it is you know reported out 
right? Or how it is sourced out, if you will, right? So in a book titled History of the Saint-Domingue Revolution, right, by Antoine Delma, he breaks down how the ceremony took place in terms of the sacrifice, right? And I will quote, a black pig surrounded by the slaves believed to have magical powers, each carrying the most bizarre offering, was offered as a sacrifice to the all-powerful spirit. The religious community in which the negras slit its throat, the greed with which they have believed to have marked themselves on the forehead with its blood, the importance that they attach to owning some of its bristles, which they believed would make them invincible. Right? So, there is obviously extreme symbolism in that pig and in that pig in particular being black right and because of not because of there not being too much written accounts to say the least it has left the room for interpretation of how that was right now the thing is is that the sacrifice is made to a particular deity right and the the deity is named Izili Dantor, right, which is the main, like, spirit in Haitian voodoo, right, and, you know, the Izili are actually, in fact, feminine spirits, right, and in voodoo culture, they personify womanhood, right, so that, that's interesting that that would be the, the deity that they decide to give that sacrifice to also it is mentioned that they channeled the god of war or their god of war in voodoo as well right so you have to realize that this event because they made that sacrifice to zili duntor they they consider that deity to be the national loa right loa or the deity of the country of haiti right now the interesting thing is is although there is this womanhood and this in this feminism right this deity is actually also associated with vengeance and rage right so this also became a major standpoint for single mothers in haiti and dominican republic in the 80s and 90s uh, again because you know these these religions especially in the caribbean regardless of the name it, it has the same background like voodoo and santeria it doesn't matter which one you're speaking on it's usually the same the same practices right just just a different methodology of going about it right so we won't we won't stick too too much into the the religion of it all i just wanted to put that out there just to you know get your guys's gears going a little bit but i will mention too that in the 80s and the 90s at the same time right there is um you know the christian outlook which says that this event this very event has led to the cursing of haiti if you will right there is a um there is a christian group called the 700 club right and the 700 club started out as really a, a like a tv show in tbn right and the guy's name is pat robertson robertson right he's a southern baptist and he's an ordained, an ordained minister and he said in one of the telecasts that this event in wakaima is and due to the fact that it wasn't 
embedded in Christianity that it has led to the country of Haiti you know being in this situation and and this became a thing especially after the earthquake that occurred in 2010 it it, it was a major uh, a major story that that had circulation especially during that time right so that that always leads to a particular debate on you know if this actually has legs or not you know I'll keep my personal opinion to myself for now because we'll be here for another 45 minutes, but I, I would love to discuss that. So maybe in another episode, we'll talk about it, maybe like the aftermath or whatever. But I want to make sure that we stay in this line, right, because we're still not done with Bwakaima, right? And you have to understand, too, this is where the tempo is set, right? you got to realize that for 13, 14 years, this is about to be an endless war. And and it's not just a war between France and um, their slaves, right, who are vying for their own freedom. You have to realize that there's also going to be the addition of the British. There's going to be an addition of the Spanish. And then you're going to have war within each other because you're going to have the two leaders. Because remember, we talked about in the first part how the society was split by race you had mulattoes you had the you had the the, you know the higher class whites the lower class whites and then you had the african slaves right so you had wars between these different factions and and we'll get we'll get into all that as well it's just i gotta make sure that we have this background and this cornerstone established so you guys aren't too lost when we progress on to the other parts right but dutty bookman gives a speech right and there is a Haitian writer who in the 1800s visited the region and took oral testimonies to essentially get a better forecast, not even forecast, to get a better background on what happened during that night in Wakaima, right? So here is a version of the speech that was given by Dutty Bookman at Wakama, right? So translated out, uh, it says, and I quote, this God who made the sun, who brings us light from above, who raises the sea and who makes the storm rumble, that God is there. Do you understand? Hiding in a cloud, he watches us. He sees all that the whites do. The God of the whites pushes them to crime, but he wants us to do good deeds. But the God who is so good orders us to vengeance. He will direct our hands and give us help. Throw away the image of the God of the whites who thirsts for our tears. Listen to the liberty that speaks in all of our hearts. So, you know, this is this is the energy that is the energy that they were on. Right. And, you know, it's also important to note that this this event happens in the mountains in the northern part of Haiti. Right. We're going to definitely talk about the difference between the northern and the southern parts of the country. But, you know, this is this is where it it happened. Right. And and you got to realize that this is a gathering of slaves and freed Africans as well. So there is discussion that's going on between, you know, the treatment of the slaves of that time. Right. And, you know, this is, again, where we see our start of the revolution that, in all honesty, changes the world. 
we don't give enough credit to the Haitian Revolution and, and what it meant to the Western Hemisphere itself, right? You you have to realize what the status quo is for this time and for the next what two hundred years. We'll say like like hundred and seventy five years from seventeen ninety from seventeen nineties to what the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, right? This is the the status quo is that the black man is is beneath second-class citizens they're not able to do for themselves right there is a paternalism that comes with you know the enslavement of africans you know the the thing about it was was that the main point was to teach africans how to be civilized through work and through religion that that was the way that you know the the institution that is slavery was supported morally was that it was their God-given duty, you know, for 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 this institution to occur, right? And you know, the the thing about it is, is that you know, this is the whole thing behind, like you know, Rudyard Kipling's um, "The White Man's Burden," right? And you know, the 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 crazy thing about it is, is that you know, let me just read you this poem. Right. And, and I'm, I'm going to give you extra background and, and I'm going to bring it right back to the Haitian Revolution. Right. So the white man's burden. Right. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I will read you some some excerpts from this. Right. So take up the white man's burden. Send forth the best ye breed. Go bind your sons to exile to serve your captives needs to wait in heavy harness on flutter folk and wild your new caught sullens peoples have devil and half child let me repeat that your new caught sullen peoples half devil and half child take up the white man's burden in patience to abide to veil the threat of terror of terror sorry and check the show of pride by open speech and simple and hundred times made plain to seek another profits and work another's gain so, you know, the whole thing is, is that it is it is within the white man's right to make sure that the world is civilized through by whatever means necessary. Right. So the, the ideology here was that it was never it was never going to be it was never going to be a scenario where it was going to even be thought that, you know, slaves african slaves were going to revolt successfully that was never the ideology that was in the mind of you know these european imperialistic societies the mindset was was they're going to be pushed back of course for sure but they weren't going to have the discipline that Africans anyway, the slaves weren't going to have the discipline. They weren't, weren't they weren't going to have the wherewithal. They wasn't going to have the intelligence. They wasn't going to have the per, the persistence, the resiliency to be able to make it out in a war versus the best of the best in the world. And it happened. And, you know, to be honest, this provides the fuel that does lead to, you know, the civil war and the civil rights movement here in the United States. 
right? The Haitian Revolution, the the shockwaves of this event permeates to this day, to this to this day, right? And and you know, I think it's very important that we make mention of that, right? And and you know, it all starts in Boakaima, right, with Dati Bookman and Cecile Fatima, right? There, there, this this place. Right. And from what I've heard, I've never been there, but they say that the spiritual energy that is there when you get there is it's captivating. Like you can feel it. You can just feel it. And I, and I think that's that's very telling. Right. And, and I kind of equated to when I went to Louis Armstrong Park in New Orleans, Louisiana, which, you know, that is Congo Square. And for those who don't know, Congo Square is the birthplace of all african-american music right this is where jazz is created and you know jazz is created because of the different cultures that were there that brought their music together and it created this this you know this mix if you will of just beautiful music that you know evolves into jazz and eventually evolves into you know blues and rhythm and blues and hip-hop and disco and so on and so forth but i remember just being there and just taking in that energy Right. And you, you can literally just immerse in it and you can just feel it. So, you know, I, I just definitely on my bucket list to somehow, some way make it to Wakama just to just to be there. Right. If if possible, you know, so again, I don't want to get too carried away. I did say that I, I love keeping these episodes between 30 to 45 minutes. So, you know, just to, you know. Give a review of what we spoke on. We talked about, you know, Dutty Bookman and Cecile Fatima, their role in the ritual that happens in Wakaima. And, you know, funny that I didn't even mention this, but I'm, I'm remembering it now. There is still a debate to this day, a scholarly debate on if the events of Wakaima in August of 1791 even happened you guys can do the research and you can see the conflicting sides i think it's a very interesting debate to be a part of i can give my personal opinion here i do think that these events occurred i do think that these events happened you do not have a revolt that has a successful beginning without there being a meeting without there being something to get the tempo started Right. And, you know, Wakama serves as that event. Right. It serves as that launching pad, if you will, to the revolution that will change the world. Right. So, you know, there's enough information here in this episode. You know, please do your own independent research. I think you will enjoy this very, very much. Right. And, you know, again, I appreciate you guys for listening in with me and, and, you know, taking in a little bit of of history, if you will. We have we have quite a bit more parts to go and, and, you know, quite a bit more anthologies to cover. And, you know, in between, at some point, I will be dropping a Grill Talk series uh, episode so we can talk about what's going on in our modern day to day. So I'll be back and forthing it. You'll be seeing some anthology series. You'll be seeing some Grill Talk series. And, you know, I'll be dropping some other, you know, um some other series as well as far as like music and culture and stuff like that so just just stay tuned man we have a lot that we're gonna put out there and and i'm really excited to actually get all of this together so you know 
As we said before, the mission is in the name. We're generating realistic intellectual output together. Find us on Instagram, you know, and, and you can find my personal page also on Instagram because I, I attach it with Griot Talks as well. So you have Nels 1914 and then you have Griot Talks, G-R-I-O-T Talks. Look for us. Find us. You know what it is. The mission is in the name. We're generating realistic intellectual output together. And we are about to wrap this episode up. We are. We're, we're done here. I don't even know why you're still listening. It's just like I'm still going to keep talking. And I'm wondering if you're just going to let this ride out. You know what I mean? As the music is playing in the background. And, you know, eventually it's just going to, you know, is going to blend itself in. You know, shout out to the sound editor, by the way, doing a great job. And we're going we're, we're gonna to talk about this later, man. I'm going to holler at y'all. Like, get off my lawn. Like why why are you still here? Get off, get off my line. Get off my line. Get off it's my line. Windy night at a dark time. Cruising through the city in my Honda Civic 09. Position that you put me in was tip to and landmines. Waiting to implode so I can open up the gold mines. The gold mine was never afraid to make an escape. Don't put a cast on my arm before I'm getting my break. I know I made my mistakes, but I am raising the stakes. So when I'm only finally gone, you know I'm making this shape. Walking on water like Messiah. My heart got desires. Dive inside the lake and you can see a burning fire. Never take a dollar just to act like I'm a liar. Feeling like, yeah, the way I'm running through the wire. Summertime, wintertime, all the time. I think about you. We could be roses in the sky. Just picture the moment we see our frame come alive.